Welcome to Dropping In, a podcast of storytelling and interviews with your host, Winter Olympian Mercedes Nickel. Thank you so much for dropping in today. I'm your host, Mercedes Nickel, and throughout dropping in, I'm pretty unapologetically myself. I'm pretty authentic, and uh, I thought it seemed like a good fit to team up with a company called Sway, a brand built on purpose, committed to supporting communities and charities across Canada. I've chosen a cause that is dear to me, CanFund, who directly supports Team Canada athletes, Seem like a good fit as this whole series is about Team Canada athletes. And Sway will be making a donation on my behalf to CanFund. Sway is made with real juice and real good vibes. It's a delicious tasting vodka soda with nothing to hide. Series four is a special series of dropping in where I have a co-host. Miss Martha McCabe will be joining me throughout this series as we interview and rapid fire, which is never rapid fire, um, Canadian athletes that could potentially be going to the Tokyo Olympics. So stay tuned for these 10 episodes of dropping in with my co-host, Miss Martha McCabe. Let me introduce the sport and guest that we will be dropping in with today. This sport honestly looks exhausting and like you have to hold your breath forever. You need grace, strength, aerobic endurance, flexibility, swimming skills, and good timing. Honestly, you lost me at grace. (laughs) It's a mix of swimming, dancing, and gymnastics, formerly known as synchronized swimming. In 2017, was renamed artistic swimming. Their routines are scored on a scale of 100, and judges look for execution, artistic impression, and difficulty. Now, here's the red flag. If a swimmer uses the bottom, they will be disqualified. Swimmers have costumes, makeup, and music in their routines, but those are actually not judged. Most commonly known as a female sport, there is a push to have men compete at the Olympics. And now at the Olympics, there are two categories of artistic swimming, pairs and team. Our guest started artistic swimming at the age of eight, while it was formerly known as synchronized swimming. Her career in sport took off in 2011. At the age of 13, she took home two gold medals and a silver medal at the UANA Pan American Championships. She was also the 2011 Canada Games Closing Ceremonies Flag Bearer, which is a huge honor. Following The following year, at age 14, she joined the national team, winning bronze medal after bronze medal at the Common Cup and the World Junior, Champions, World Junior Championships. A couple years later, in 2014, she earned a silver medal at the World Junior Championships. Just bumped it up by one. The gold medals came back in 2015, and she was on top of the podium twice at the Pan American Games, paving her way to her first Olympics at the age of 19. In Rio, she placed seventh. She's an ambassador for Athletes Can, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, the Foundations of Stars, and Fast and Female. She's a college graduate in health science and hopes to attend medical school. 
this daughter, friend, Olympian, mega ambassador, powerhouse, blonde bombshell, is paving her way to her second Olympics to represent Team Canada. Let's see how Jacqueline Simenon is doing. Jackie, are you ready to drop in? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay, so you know we have rapid fire that are never rapid by any means, and it's all for the listeners. Number one, how long can you hold your breath? Five minutes, 11 seconds. Oh, oh man. Knows. That's good. I was not <laughs> expecting that answer. Wow. Okay, let's go with it. We're going rapid fire. Number two. Okay. <laughs> when God, you're not so in the cool. pool, what can people find you doing? And maybe in non-COVID times, because I think we've learned that in COVID times, people are at home doing not much. <laughs> that, that's a good specification. Um, probably reading or studying is what I would be doing. Yeah, that makes it. I can't get over that you can hold your breath for over five I know, that minutes. is pretty wild. That's actually really long. <laughs> is this while you're doing things? Like while you're sculling? No, and- five minutes, 11 seconds is just really not moving. It's static, just floating face down in the water. It's about three minutes, 40 seconds while supporting myself, using my arms and whatnot. So there's a significant difference between the two. Yeah. Martha, yeah. what was yours? Oh, that's what I was saying is we didn't never do it for time. Like I have no idea what our time was, but we had to be moving. Like for us, it was like, can you do 50 meters or can you do a hundred meters or whatever? Right. I try and hold my breath in my parents' pool in Mexico and it's very short and I don't make it very far. So congrats, guys. You could train it. I can train it. Do yeah. I want to? Too late. No. I, I would <laughs> Yeah. I underwater work is oh, it's so scary. I, I'm not a fan. It's you know, you like literally kind of feel like you're about to die. Like you know, and now I need air. <laughs> yeah. Like I need air. Oh man. Um, number three, speaking about underwater, who the heck is filming you? What camera is used? for like under and above is it like two different cameras what is happening behind the scenes (laughs) that's an awesome question there's so many different cameras there's one above that we kind of call like the birds camera because it's on this cord and it follows you throughout the pool in the competition pool and there's a bunch on the side of the pool and even some underwater so there's multiple cameras and who's in charge of them are they just like gopros um i don't think they're gopros but there's a whole team that is designated to filming and like a lot of them are just robots. Like someone's controlling them, right? And they're moving them around. It's pretty wacky, but it's cool. But when you're when you're just training, is it your coach doing it? Yep. So when it's on training, it's our coach doing it. Or if not, we have uh, a biomechanics person or a specialist there who's actually filming underwater and above too. I don't know that anyone ever asks these questions, so I'm glad that I did. <laughs> okay, number four. All right. What's the fate? What's your favorite app that you have on your phone? I'm just going out to left field here. Oh, um, probably Instagram because I'm on yeah. it. Probably most Instagram or Twitter where I get my news. Two yeah. favorite. Instagram. Are you a stories? Do you watch stories a lot? I do. Yeah. You get sucked <laughs> down the rabbit hole too. Perfect. We're all, we're all in this together. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Number five. I stated in the intro that um, makeup is not judged um, as part of the competition, but you wear makeup in the water and there are rules that you have to keep it natural. Um, 
And most people would think the opposite about wearing makeup in the water. So what kind of makeup are you using and how the heck do you get it off your face? That's an awesome question too. Um, back in the day when they didn't have this regulation, we would use um, Makeup Forever and they had this special line that goes out for body painting and it's like paint on your eyes and on your face and it's hard to get off, but they have a special makeup remover. But now that that rule is in place, um, I just use regular makeup, your everyday mascara that's waterproof, of course. Um, and you just have to put a lot on for it to stay. Okay, but when when did the rule come into place that it had to be like more mellow? Because you guys would have like glitter and like things I'm going on. I'm not quite sure. I think it's possible that the rule was always there, but they actually started to enforce it a few years ago. Okay. So the ref essentially before you go and compete, make sure that your suit doesn't really expose anything. Um, you have to have your belly button covered and whatnot. Um, and then they check your makeup too. And usually the rule of thumb is that it shouldn't pass your eyebrow. So if it passes your eyebrow line, then you've gone too far. Uh, no I feel like that should be for everyone. <laughs> Sorry, Martha. <laughs> what? I said, no, I said, no tankinis. You, you got to cover your belly button. That's a bummer. <laughs> Martha, do you? Okay. I don't know. Oh, I guess you're wearing goggles, Martha, while you're swimming. You wouldn't wear makeup, yeah. would you? No, but a lot of, a lot of girls do, I think. Yeah. And same, I think it's just waterproof. Like, I don't think it's anything fancy, but I have a, just a quick follow-up. What about your hair? Cause like back in the day, I actually did synchronized swimming briefly before I did competitive swimming and we put gelatin in our hair. Like, what I'm do you sorry. Can I know. You just, can you just go back that you did, did synchronized swimming? <laughs> you let me just skip past that. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was good. I was uh, not the best, but Hey, but tell me about the hair product. I mean, you probably know all about it. <laughs> um, it's gelatin. Um, Dude, like jello. It, it's oh, still I not that. Okay. I'm a big rooter for just competing in your bathing cap and goggles because that's how we train and it's not even judged. Um, but I do it because it's a formality and it's part yeah. of the sport and it's still putting jello in your hair. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought they what? would have something else for you guys by now. I don't know. Nope. What do you <laughs> wow. mean, jello? Like the powder? Yeah. So you have this powder gelatin and you add boiling water, how it makes the best gelatin. You stir it, you put it in your hair and then it sets and it really hardens. Yeah. Oh, so, so it's then better after, than when you like move your head, it like rips all your hair out and it's so uncomfortable. Not as bad as that lady that did the gorilla glue on her head. Oh, <laughs> that might stay better. <laughs> like, yeah, that lasts forever. Then she had to get it surgically removed. <laughs> Okay. okay, I'm learning a lot. Those are good <laughs> questions. Jello okay, in your hair. I'm on number six here. Um, I've actually over over the pandemic been reading a ton. What's the last book you have you read? Oof, that's a good question. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the book that I read. <laughs> I never remember sad. the names of Me the books that I've read. It was a book about vaccines and how the first vaccine came about, which is oh, really station. Oh no, 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 sorry. Um, <laughs> I um, and I don't remember the name of the book. Um, but it was essentially a biography about this guy who discovered vaccines, and he used to to work for this pharmaceutical company called Merck, and he found uh how how you could use like animals and their proteins and their enzymes and whatnot, and kind of implement that into humans. So it was, it was pretty neat. Cool. That is awesome not fiction at all 
Very relevant to the times. <laughs> I was like, oh, Station Eleven. It's like COVID, but it's fiction and it's into the future. No, Mercedes, just <laughs> shut up. Okay. Uh, number seven. <laughs> you train in your goggles and compete without. Um, you train with speakers in the water so your coach can hear you. Or so you can hear your coach. Um, do you get to hear like the music in competition? And if mm-hmm. not, oh, you do? Yeah, we do. So you hear the music in the water. Yeah, there's an underwater speaker specific for synchro or I guess any sports that want to play music while they're underwater and above. And from my understanding, sound travels faster in water. So you need a system that's able to kind of calibrate the below speaker and the top speaker because when you're upside down, you're on this rhythm and this counting, right? When you yeah. hit your head up, you want to make sure you're on that same rhythm um, right. because otherwise huge errors could happen. And we've actually competed in different countries where it wasn't exactly synchronized top and bottom and huge errors occur. So um, oh. investing in a good sound system is always key in our sport. I thought Martha was looking at me like, you idiot, of course your speaker's <laughs> in the in the <laughs> water. And I'm like... No. But the speakers in the water are awesome. Like... It's, it's so fun to hear hear music underwater. Like it's yeah, crazy. we we have them at our rec center here in Whistler, but I didn't know that that was like, I thought that was cutting edge. <laughs> Maybe it is though. I don't know. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so I I just learned this, but concussion is kind of a thing, and that happens sometimes in in artistic swimming. Eh, so. Um, like maybe you can tell me first a little bit about that because and then also like have you ever experienced I don't know like a kick to the face or something like that yeah um most people wouldn't think that concussions are are relevant in our sport but they really are um we swim really close together and we tend to you know whip kick each other in, in the head sometimes because if one person is completely upside down their head's facing the bottom of the pool and the other person's head is facing up and you're, I mean, we're getting out of the water pretty high. So you can move your legs yeah. pretty quickly. Um, you get smacked in the head. And another common injury that occurs from concussions too, is that when you throw a girl up in the air, I mean, we're not touching the bottom of the pool, but this girl has enough air time to do a double backflip. So if she lands the wrong way and her knee just smacks you in the head on the Ooh. way down, that's a severe concussion. <laughs> okay. Hold the boat. You, you, they Obviously, I need to watch more synchronized swimming. Do they actually do a double backflip? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've done multiple in my career. Um, probably enough time to do a two and a half, but the entry isn't always clear for a two and a half, so we always play it safe with the double. Oh, yeah, just going to play it safe with the double. <laughs> and is that – that's when you're on the team event. Yeah, exactly. So there's eight girls in the water, seven pushing, one girl up in the air. Seven pushing. A lot of power. And you're the, you're the flipper. Um, so I do both. I'm kind of interchangeable in the roles of the team. Did you see that play on words there, Martha? You're the flipper, like flipper, the dolphin. Totally. That's a good one. <laughs> really appreciated that. <laughs> I'll be here all day, guys. All day. <laughs> um, have you ever gotten a bloody nose? Uh, no. I know a couple of my teammates who have. 
either from kicks in the nose or sometimes it just happens during training, but I've been fairly fortunate to never have a bloody nose. Knock on wood for that. No, I know. I know. That was kind of a, a, a rude question to ask, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, you get a bloody nose in the pool. Does that not shut down the whole pool? Oh, no way. Are you kidding? <laughs> oh, it doesn't? <laughs> you don't want to know. What? No. What? A bloody nose? Jacqueline, would that? Sh- no. Never. <laughs> Well, what? They'll just like you get out, you go home, and they'll just carry on. Everybody. They'll just add more chlorine. Training and block your nose. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> I guess everyone pees in the water too. Okay. Um, yeah. Number nine. <laughs> number nine. Moving on. Uh, are you superstitious? Ah. Uh... I don't like to think so, but sometimes if I do perform well in an event, I try and recreate the same steps that I took for the next following events and try and recreate that success. I feel like that's normal. Hey, Martha. Yeah. Yeah. I wore the same socks for a while. (laughs) That that was my thing. Yeah. Uh, Okay. We're number 10 here. Um, What's the best thing about the Olympics in your mind? huge question for you man this is a huge question I mean I don't want to go you know far from what you guys think there's just so many amazing things about it um don't use us as a as a baseline you might want to go far from what we think yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) I'm not a normal Olympian I think for me, at least at the Rio games, the the biggest thing for me was just that realization that you have the best athletes in the entire world all assembled together in one place. And when you come to that realization, whether that be in the Olympic Village or the cafeteria or at your venue, I think that's just huge. Like realizing that you're one of the best athletes in the entire world. And it's a true honor to be there. And I think that's one of the best things to be surrounded by incredible people. Did you ever think about that, Martha? Totally. <laughs> I never well said though. I, I never thought about that. It is cool. It's absolutely the, brilliant. And and seeing all the different body types too, because you have literally every single body type, right? Because people are like so tall or so short or whatever, like so huge legs, tiny legs because of all the sports. It is pretty cool. Yeah, we used to play a game uh, in the village being like, guess the sport. So yes. we guess the volleyball players easy gymnastics easy then you have like the in-between you know the weightlifters and we'd actually go up to them and ask mm. to confirm our answers yes. did they know what you were uh, a lot of people thought we were rugby players for some reason which what? i mean that's cool okay that is cool <laughs> you're a tiny human though <laughs> yeah, maybe she's the one they they oh they well she ball. is in in artistic swimming so exactly they're not far <laughs> off <laughs> wild um okay that was our rapid fire that's obviously never rapid fire so thank you to our listeners and thank you to jackie for um putting up with the sweet sweet questions learned a lot there so this will potentially be your second olympics um that you'll be going to can you um let us know how you qualify and when you qualify Yep. So we actually already qualified at the 2019 Pan American Games. Oh, God, works God. artistic swimming. Oh, yeah. Thank goodness. It's <laughs> <laughs> so- like a hard question for me to ask because I looked on the Olympic tracker to find out like who's qualified. 
and it 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 just says like two people, eight people, and no names. So I was like, please say she's qualified. Okay, 2019 yeah. qualified. Yeah, so we qualified over a year ago, and uh, you essentially just have to win gold at the at the Pan Am Games. If you don't oh, no win gold, deal. then you don't have your golden ticket. So I mean, there is ah! quite a bit of pressure. Oh but my we god! <laughs> you just need to hold on. <laughs> you. Just to qualify, you need to win gold at the Pan American Games. No big deal. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we, we need to get that golden ticket to go. So we were we were lucky enough that we won two gold medals, one in the duet event, one in the team event, and that qualified us for the games. If we missed out on that chance, then we'd have to go to another round, which is the Olympic qualifiers, yeah. which is kind of used as a test event as well for the Olympic Games. It's held in Tokyo in the Olympic venue. However, we're incredibly lucky that we qualified in advance because the diving Olympic qualifier, which was supposed to be held in a week and a bit near the mid of April, um, actually just got canceled. So their qualification tournament is going to happen in a completely different way than anybody has ever imagined. So we're just really lucky we don't have that stress on ourselves right now. So are you gonna be in the duet and the team or is that still like undecided or you're doing both? Yeah, I mean, I haven't officially been okay. named yet, but yeah. so far we're training in our in our Olympic group, and I'm training in the duet event and the team event. Amazing! Congrats! That's cool. Super cool. Thanks. Two chances. Mm-hmm. Martha, how many chances did you get for synchronized swimming? Uh, um, you know, well. let's talk about your synchronized <laughs> swimming Martha. career, please. <laughs> let's take it back. Uh, let's not. oh man okay so you're qualified for both you have two chances at the olympics how are you feeling about tokyo that was supposed to happen a year ago and um it's coming up it's coming up quick it definitely is coming up quick I, i think in the beginning part uh when the olympics were postponed i was like holy crap another year I mean, I think you both know how physically and emotionally taxing the Olympic year is. I think it's the hardest one, not only physically, but mentally Mm -hmm. to endure. And to go through that just one more time is honestly just a whole roller coaster of emotions that go up and down. But I'm, I'm incredibly lucky that I'm able to at least go out and compete for the first time internationally in Budapest. Um, April 10th and 11th. So we're able to get some experience under our belt before competing at the games. And that'll be your, well, this episode will probably come out after that. Um, but that will be your only competition prior to the games. Most likely our only in-person competition. We had a lot more scheduled, but they're just getting canceled left, right, and center because of COVID. Mm-hmm. I did have the opportunity to compete at the U.S. Open virtually in the month of January uh, and got the results back in February. And it's so strange competing virtually. I mean, you're in your training pool, there's no judges. There's barely anybody on the side of the pool because you can't have people there because of COVID. And you're just, there's this camera there that's acting as the judge. And then you wait a month to get your results. And then you find out, woo, you won the US Open, which is, it's cool. But it's just, you don't get that whole hype and the adrenaline before going and swimming. Wow. I, feel like that's, I feel like that's setting you up for Tokyo with no audience. <laughs> True. Potentially, yeah. But I love that you like went into that because I was like, are only in person. I'm like, what? You don't do a virtual contest. <laughs> or <laughs> it's just like what? Wow. 
times have changed. So I remember like, I'm pretty sure and correct me if I'm wrong here, but a few years ago, I thought at a world championships, there was, there was like men in artistic swimming at one point. And there's like a, wasn't it even like a co-ed duet or something or like, is that what's happening there? Is that still happening or? Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, we're trying to incorporate more men into the sport. Cool. And so we have the duet mixed event. So it's kind of mimicking figure skating where you have, you know, a guy paired with a girl and they do our two technical events. So the short program and the long program, the short program having technical elements and the long program being free. And um, as of this year in the World Series events, guys can be incorporated in the team. So that just opens up a whole new world of possibilities for these highlights when you throw someone in the air yeah. because you're in a whole different level of strength. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah, you're going to be doing really quads. Cool. You're going to yeah. be doing quads. Yeah, do you do you have a male partner to do this with? I don't actually. My brother mm-hmm. has volunteered from time to time, but only if there's three people or less registered in the competition because he just wants a sure medal. So we're still looking out for some future talent in our sport. I love it. It's so funny. Martha, such a great question because usually when you think of <clears throat> equality in sport, in sport, you're like, let's get more women in there. But honestly, your sport is just mostly women. So it's it's the opposite of what the Olympics are looking for probably. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah, is probably an added challenge, but man, that, that could be really cool. Like you said, like that could incorporate such a new, like, oh, element and oh, some guys would just love it and they'd be so good at it. You know, you got to give them some time to get there, but that's cool. That's exciting. So cool. Mm-hmm. There's actually a couple of great guys from Russia and Spain and Italy. A bunch of other countries are actually way ahead of us because they mm-hmm. have guys that are like part of the next gen team and whatnot and they come from a multitude of different sports so they come from either figure skating or rhythmic gymnastics where they have this sense of rhythm flexibility and sometimes even some come from gymnastics as well so they can bring that strength into the water now they just really need to learn how to get that water pressure and that's the tricky part to getting yourself upside down and um kind of mastering the skills yeah i don't know how you do it maybe we should tell some of our our, our male sw- swimmers in Canada to go over. No, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> I can tell you that they're not, they don't have that. They don't have it. <laughs> it's funny. It makes me think of like um, the footballers that changed to bobsled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I bet you the gymnasts could be good at it, but then they may not be good swimmers. Oh, yeah. It's tricky. That'd be tricky for sure. <clears throat> I don't want to hold my breath for five minutes to be honest. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, I do want to get into, obviously you are looking to be a doctor in the future and I know you're going to achieve that because you're a badass. Um, but I did read something that you are into robotics competitions. Can you just, that seems weird to me and amazing (laughs) at the same time, but I also don't know what it means. Like, yeah, um, throughout my college uh, degree, I um, joined the robotics club at my school just for fun. You know, after the Rio games, I was like, I'm going to plunge into something that's completely out of my comfort zone. And I fell into robotics and it was really neat. I got introduced to the Canadian robotics competition. I attended three of those and we actually came uh, top five in all of those three competitions. And I learned a diverse set of skills, you know, a little bit of programming, a little bit of like build. Um, and then there's a whole like building the website and like 3D and AI and all that stuff. So it's, it was cr- it's really neat to just see all this stuff kind of at the surface level. 
Okay, what did so, you end up building? Um, <laughs> so in the Canadian robotics competition, you have to build two robots. One main robot, which is like, it could differ from year to year, but one robot our year was about five foot tall um, and, and quite wide. And you have to adapt your robot to what the competition is going to be like. You so just built a Mercedes pretty much. <laughs> me. You just built me. <laughs> built <a> you. <laughs> um, it doesn't really have legs. It has wheels. <laughs> And okay. it has to play a game. So it has to play either football and grab these balls and throw them into bins. And it has to be able to roll up a ramp or sometimes go upstairs. That's one robot. And then the second robot is called your programming robot. And this is where a lot of the computer science majors kind of stepped in there. And you had to program your robot to essentially do some AI. So to follow a straight line, to go through and solve a maze on its own and whatnot. So all these crazy programming skills that I, I got to witness. Wow. That's cool. So what's your education background in prior to that though? Like do you have an engineering uh, degree or something? Not at all. Okay. I, I graduated in health sciences. Oh, but, cool. That's uh, even cooler. This is, <laughs> this is just something that interests me. I feel cool. like, so I feel like she could get any degree she wants. I had, oh, yeah, um, totally. Olympian Justin Lamru on and he's an engineer Olympian and, and now getting into AI. AI. That's what it is AI. Artificial, Artificial intelligence. intelligence. Yeah. Neat. It's beyond me. That's Absolutely cool. beyond me. Wild. Um, okay. Back about back about the Olympics. Um, you said you're not you're sort of superstitious. I also read that you like to have a bit of chocolate before mm -hmm. you're your competition what kind of chocolate exactly what timing are you having this chocolate and how much <laughs> those are all fantastic questions that nobody <laughs> has ever asked before actually <laughs> um so when i'm in kind of traveling within north america i stick with an aero bar whether that be an aero mint or an aero bar but when Good i'm in choice. europe i'm a big fan of milka bars which oh, are yeah. harder to find here in canada uh, milk chocolate or milk chocolate hazelnut. And the key here is the timing because I find I have a sugar crash if I eat it too soon. <laughs> so about 30 to 45 minutes before an event is when I need to have my chocolate bar. And I don't just have a piece anymore. I kind of just end up eating the full bar. That um, is good. <laughs> it gives me the energy or at least, you know, makes me think that I have the energy to go out and compete. Oh my gosh. And then how long is, is the program? Uh, our short program, so our technical program is about two minutes, 45 seconds, give or take 15 seconds. And oh our gosh. long program is three minutes, 30 seconds, anything between 3.30 and four minutes. And you're just going all out. I mean, you earned that. You've already earned that chocolate bar. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> at the end of that, we need to make it look like it's easy that we're swimming out of the pool. But to be honest, in training, Sometimes coaches have to pull us out of the pool. Like our limbs cannot move after we finish a routine because we're just so exhausted. Yeah, that makes sense. Is, is that the same in, in swimming, Martha? Yeah, totally. You guys just hop right out of the pool. Well, it's the same, same. I mean, we don't have to make it look easy. That's true. We don't have judges being like, hey, but <laughs> yeah. I think any sports like that, right? You're tired after like mentally, physically, like. That sounds normal. Mm, I feel like I chose the right sport. <laughs> no, I'm tired. I'm tired after the half pipe. It's like 30 seconds of like intenseness and you're like, whoop, 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 for sure. I'd be hyperventilating on the half pipe. I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't, I would not be in a good place. 
<laughs> I'll get you guys out snowboarding one day. Oh man. Okay. So anything like that you're looking forward to at the games this year? I know it's pretty sad and savage that your family won't be able to go and friends, but I mean, now you have enough time to mentally prepare for that and know that that's a thing. Um, is there anything that special that you're looking forward to? It's going to sound kind of strange, but I think because we're kind of limited on the amount of things that we could look forward to, like for instance, you know, meeting other athletes, that's a no. Seeing other people within Team Canada, that's a no. It kind of talking with their athletes, that's also a no. So I'm looking forward to seeing how Japan is going to manage this whole COVID situation. And especially because they're so tech savvy, I've seen a bunch of their videos on their promo ads. I can't wait to see a bunch of these robots that are kind of just all around the village, you know, taking temperatures. They already have some at their airports. I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to integrate technology into these games. That's such a good answer. Yeah. Like, I remember when I first heard that Tokyo was going to be hosting the 2020 games. And I I remember thinking, like, similarly, like, oh, they're going to do such a good job at, like, just being efficient. (laughs) And and now with COVID, they they almost, like, need to be even more, right? So that's Mm going to be really cool. Yeah, I I also remember hearing about the games in Tokyo. I'm like, I got to go. I got to see what they're going to be doing. So Mm -hmm. that is not a weird answer at all. That's, like, fully on point. That's cool. Yeah. Wild. Um, any other questions, Martha? I don't know. What's happening in Budapest uh, that you're going to? What is that? Is it uh, like a World Cup or what is that competition? It's uh, the World Series. So it's hosted by FINA. The okay. first one of the year was held virtually. Uh, yeah. That was the U.S. Open. And uh, these ones are just the second ones of the season in, in Hungary. Nice. While she fits in all her ambassador programs that she's a part of, she does still compete as an athlete. And <laughs> like when I list off every ambassador you are, I'm like, where do you have the time, girlfriend? Oh, thanks. You're nuts. That's awesome. Good it's amazing. You. It's totally amazing. Um, thank you so much for dropping in with us. Where can people find you to follow you up until the games and after? You can definitely follow me on Instagram because as I already said, I'm on that quite often. Uh, Instagram at Jacqueline underscore Simino or even at Twitter at Jackie underscore Simino. And you could give me a follow on Facebook as well. Awesome. Jackie, thank you so much for dropping in with us today. It's always great to see your face and we wish you all the best of luck in Tokyo. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, so we recorded this podcast the end of May 2021. And a couple of swimming competitions have happened since. So let me catch you up. The Artistic Swimming World Series returned to live competition April April 10th and 11th, 2021 in Budapest. We talked about that in the podcast, that it might happen. Well, it did. And Jackie captured gold in the solo technical and the women's duet technical event. And that's not all. Her team took home gold in the duet free program and Jacqueline herself won the solo free event as well. If you're keeping count, that's four gold medals at one event. Hello. And then she was lucky enough to compete again just this past week, June 10th to 13th, 2021. The FINA Artistic Swimming World Series was in Barcelona. She took home bronze in both team events, a silver in the duet free, 
a gold in the duet technical, and a gold in the solo. Jackie's on fire, leading up to the Tokyo game, so you're going to want to watch her in Tokyo. I don't know about you, but I've been having a really good time interviewing the Team Canada athletes, and I'm so excited to be partnered with Sway, because obviously, I'm pretty real to who I am, and so are the athletes that we've been chatting to. Sway is going to be donating to CanFund, an organization that directly supports Team Canada's athletes. Sway is made with real juice and real good vibes. Honestly, you're going to want to taste this vodka soda. It's different from the others. Sway is a delicious tasting vodka soda with nothing to hide. Cheers. Thank you, DJ Kenosis, for the music and my mom for the intro voice. Thanks for dropping in. If you want to watch this podcast, head over to YouTube. Follow Dropping In on Instagram and Facebook at Dropping In with Mercedes. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world, and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.